the blast from our past network. Hello, Neil. Who are you? I am the architect. I created the Matrix. I've been waiting for you. You have many questions, and though the process has altered your consciousness, you remain irrevocably human. Ergo, some of my answers you will understand, and some of them you will not. Concordantly, while your first question may be the most pertinent, you may or may not realize it is also the most irrelevant. Why am I here? Talking Back Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host Tim, and this week we are going to be covering... The movie The Matrix Reloaded. Dean, hey dude, how's it going? Hey Tim, just when you thought it was safe to go back in the Matrix. Don't tease me with Jaws stuff, Dean. You just want to do Jaws? I had to. Do you want to just do Jaws? Let's do Jaws again. I'd rather just do Jaws again. You'd rather do Jaws again? Always. I mean, I love this movie, but dude, it's Jaws. Let's just record Jaws again. No, no, no. I'm kidding. Sounds good. I'm kidding. The listeners want The Matrix Reloaded. Hey, uh, hey, listeners. Thanks for joining. They do. Dean, guess guess what? Do you know why the listeners want The Matrix Reloaded? Why is that? Because we did The Matrix on our number 18 episode of this podcast. And now yes. we're at like 130 or something like that. And right. we haven't gotten to reload it yet. Yeah, we promise a lot of stuff. We are. And we bunch, do we're not liars. deliver. We are a couple of liars. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Now, here, here's the thing, though. Reloaded came out seven years after the original Matrix. Okay. So we thought, let's release our Reloaded episode seven years after we record the first one. So it makes sense. Here we are, everybody. See what we yeah. did? We're we're a little early, but yeah. <laughs> you thought we forgot. We didn't forget. Yeah, you thought we were we had missed it, but we're actually way early. Oh for yeah, you here. we're right on time. We're not early, Dean. We're right on time. Okay, okay, Tim. I feel like there's the the opinion of this movie is not very high. People don't like this one. Uh, okay, fair. I I do know that people aren't so high on on the second one and the third one, and that's okay. I also know that that some people are high on it, like you and me. Yeah, I'm very high on it. I love it. I think it rules. Um, I think the problem was that everybody went to the Matrix in theaters and came out and they were thinking, wow, that was like the best movie I've ever seen in my life. And you're telling me there's the best movie I've ever seen in my life part two coming out? Excellent. I can't wait. Right. That is correct, Dean. Ding, 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 ding. I win. You win. The first movie was an excellent standalone movie. It could have just been left alone. You don't need to do any sequels. For sure. Yeah. But they had a plan and they, you know, they were going to do them regardless. And look, I get it. You know, maybe people just thought it might have been better to leave the the franchise just there. But not me. Not me, not you. We no. we love world building and this second and third movie just build the shit out of this world and the animatrix. I mean, we, we want, we've already reviewed the animatrix. Yeah. 
incredible world building stuff. I've played some of the video games. I love it. It's all great. I didn't read the comic books. They released some free comic books on the website. Never got to check those out. I was obsessed with The Matrix so much. I watched it so much when I was a teenager. And so when this movie came out, this was like the most I've ever been hyped for a movie in my life and probably the most I'll ever be hyped for a movie. I don't think it'll ever reach that level again. And uh, I really dug it, really loved it. A lot of my friends came out of the theater and they're like, bad CGI. Also, there's a bunch of incomprehensible monologues. And I'm like, great. That stuff was the best. That stuff ruled. I loved it. Bad CGI? Huh? Yeah, Tim. What? Yeah. What? Are Don't your, you know about this? Are your friends? Did you watch the movie? <laughs> are your friends blind? <laughs> bad CGI. There's, there's there's one part. You you know there's one part that's bad. Um. Agent Smith fight. Okay. All right. Well, we're gonna get there. People, okay. No, people, no. no. Well, yeah, we'll get there. Okay. Settle down. Hey, Dean's friends. Settle down. Okay. Settle down, my friends. I'm gonna. I'm gonna we'll talk a little bit about it, but there's a reason that maybe that CGI. You know, maybe didn't look so great. Of course. Yeah. Whatever. I thought it was just great. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was just great Also, too. Not, I don't want to scare off any of your friends, so. Yeah. Can and you know keep what? Keep listening to the podcast, everybody. Yeah. It's different friends. It's different friends. Do, oh, I they have don't different friends now. Oh, okay. I left those friends in the theater. Oh, we were goodness, no longer yeah. friends after they didn't like Reloaded. Exactly. We were no longer friends. You walked out of the theater and out of their lives. I got all brand comment, new right? friends. Yeah, exactly. Got all brand new friends. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing this in theater and it was just glorious. Yes. It's glorious. I love it. It was released in 2003 with a budget of $150 million. Big budget. Big budget. It grosses $740 million. Uh, Wow. Okay. 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 Okay, Tim. Okay. That's a lot. That has got to be, that has got to be like the highest grossing R rated movie to that point. Uh, There's been more now. Wow. But Dean, well, I need a actual bell here because ding, ding, ding. This would this movie would break Terminator 2's box office record and take the spot for highest grossing R-rated movie until it was dethroned 13 years later by what? Um, Patch on the Christ. 13 years later. 13 years, 2016, 13 years oh, later. Wait, Fast and the Christ was before it. Yeah, 13 years later. Deadpool. Yes, Deadpool. you got it. Deadpool. Yes. Nailed it. Yes. Good job. While you're on tonight, you haven't you haven't been got drinking it. yet, have you? That's why you're answering all these questions. No, I tonight. actually haven't. Yeah, that's that's what's different tonight yeah. is I haven't got to the drinking yet, and I'm, <laughs> I'm so much sharper. You're really on tonight without those beers. Yeah. Great. Well, this was written and directed by the Wachowskis, obviously. Music by Don Davis. He does the entire franchise. And man, did he ever create like an iconic sound for this franchise? This is one of those things. You can just hear that music and all you see is green text flying oh, yeah. through your brain. It's really, really great. Cinematography, Bill Pode. He also does the whole franchise. Pope. Now, now what? Isn't it Pope? Oh, is it Pope? Bill Pope. Yeah, I think I think it's Pope. Okay, you're probably right. Sometimes I type too fast. You ever have that problem? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've definitely had that problem. <laughs> Bill Pope. Yeah, does the entire franchise. He also did cinematography on Darkman and Spider-Man 2, Dean. Yeah, man. Yeah. I think you said in Darkman that was his first movie. 
What? Uh, Matrix? No, Darkman, obviously. Duh. Darkman came out way, way before The Matrix. Well, I'm doing great so far, eh? You need to drink more, I think. <laughs> yeah, I've not enough yet. <laughs> uh, okay, listen. I want to. I want to. I'm going to talk a little bit about technology here, because following the incredible bullet time technology, Dean, that was created for the first film, that made it so incredible to watch and won it Academy mm-hmm. Awards. The Wachowskis set out to create a new technology for this film. Great. And the way that they went about doing that was they decided to imagine the most difficult action sequence possible. They came up with the Burly Brawl, as it's known, the battle with uh, the, the Agent Smiths and Neo, which uh, the, this idea would render the existing bullet time technology useless. They couldn't right. use bullet wow. time for this, for this scene. So yeah. John Gaeta, the creator of the bullet time technology, realized that what he needed to create to film this scene was a virtual camera. So the camera had to be 3D in the 3D world. Mm. What they were finally able to create was called virtual cinematography, in which characters, locations, and events could all be created digitally and viewed through a virtual camera. This would eliminate the restrictions of the real camera, It would eliminate years of compositing and in some scenes, cameras altogether. So it no longer became a mix of real cameras, actors, and special effects. Everything was digital. That's awesome. That's like how they do CGI movies now. That's correct. So I guess what your friends were saying was that maybe Neo's face might have looked a little bit weird in that scene. Yeah, Um, that's like a video game. Yeah, that's because he's a complete 3D model. None of that was him. Um, None of that was the Agent Smiths. Those were all just computer-generated effects in a computer-generated world. Uh, I think for 2003, that was more than impressive. So yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's uh, it was the cutting edge. Um, Also. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Tim, but The Matrix is a computer program. It is a video game. Mm -hmm. So who cares if something looks like a video game in a video game? It's what it is. Yeah, I don't don't know. I thought it was fine. I'm I'm glad you abandoned those friends. Oh, they're gone. Yeah, they're out. Cool. Okay. Well, this movie, it starts off in a very similar way to the first movie, with another really kick-ass Trinity action sequence. Like, the, the Wachowskis know how to open a movie here. Yeah, exactly. Let's just start off at 10. Let's just go right up and uh, get the audience on the edge of the seat, edge of their seat immediately. Yeah, Trinity is so badass. Yeah, she rules. I don't even get it. I don't even get it. You don't even understand how badass she is. No. I need the Matrix to explain it to me. Actually, that's true. You need to do that. We, Tim, we are in the Matrix. Oh, are you right one, are you one of those people? Yeah, you think everything. I'm the one of those. Yeah. simulation. Yes, we are in. The, that's why I see it in green. I've unlocked oh, the. Okay. I've unlocked the gift. I am the one. You're the one. Um, yeah, I am the one. That's why I see it in green. See, I see the world in green. It just happened in front of my eyes, Tim. <laughs> yeah, my. Uh... 
my um, studio lights just turned on. And they're, they're on, all they're on green. A, <laughs> they're, on a, they're on a timer and it just turned on. Yeah, I set them to green for the Matrix episode. Excellent. I was going to say, Tim, in that in that Trinity fight scene at the beginning, when she kicks that guy um, in the face from like behind her head. Oh, yeah. She's like facing him and her yeah. leg goes up behind her head and kicks him in the face. That's unreal. She's very bendy. She's very bendy, very flexible. Yeah. Yeah. So she she tunes up some losers and then mm-hmm. uh, an agent finds her. Uh oh. Uh oh. We see her get shot and fall from a high rise to her death below Dean. Oh, no. That's that's a bad start. That was a bad start. I really liked how everything was going in slow motion and like the they were fighting mm-hmm. in the air, this gunfight in the air, slow motion. The bullets are all slow motion until she got shot. And then she fell full speed into the car and smashed yes. into the car. That looked really yes. cool. It did. Yeah, it looks awesome. This this opening looks amazing. It's not just like, oh, here's high action. It's just like the beginning of the Matrix because we saw some stuff there at the beginning. That we were like, what the heck? I've never seen anything like this. I felt the same way with this just because of like this jumping out of the window scene and slow motion shooting down. It just felt like it was fresh and new right away. Yes. Yes, indeed. Now, I can tell that you're very worried, and I think the listeners are worried as well. But nobody worry. This was all just a dream that Neo's been having. Uh, yeah. So it's okay. Don't worry. I, I was worried. Oh, how could you not be? Trinity died in the first five minutes. Yeah. Now, a bunch of ship captains get together, and Captain Niobe has some bad news for everyone. I What's love that? I love Captain Niobe, by the way, as well. Of course. What yeah. a what a great role for Jada Pinkett Smith. For sure. She also has kick ass scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh so here's the bad news. There's a shitload of machines digging towards Zion. And Agent Smith pays the meeting a visit. But don't worry, there's no drama. He just wants to let Neo know that Neo has set him free. Mm-hmm. Then some agents show up, and I love how these dudes just start punching through the steel door, and you can yes. see them making like fist marks in the door. So that good. was awesome. Yeah. And here we get to see how Neo has matured as the one, as he's basically toying with these agents, even though he calls them upgrades. Yeah, he's handling three of them at one time. And with one one arm for some of it. With one arm. Yeah. And this is what I love about this movie is that when you have a good first movie that's like a good standalone movie um, and then you decide to make another one, you basically have to downgrade your super like your super powered hero that you made at the end of the first movie. You have to find a way to strip him of something so that it make like so that it's a compelling narrative again. But they don't do that. Like Neo's still badass. There's just more story we didn't know about. That's how you got to do it. You got to just add more story onto it that makes it that makes him still have a challenge, not strip him of his powers. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Like yeah, he he's still just as powerful. I I like that they include upgrades, right? That's how that's how yeah. they kind of balance it. They're like, well, Neo is this tough now, so we had to make upgrades. We had to make improvements. So yeah, it's, it's and a it's good touch. A computer system, I love it. Yeah, really great fight scene too. Like it's very very yes. nice, clean choreography. This is this is going to happen throughout the whole movie. All of the fight scenes, all of the action sequences. 
it's so easy to absorb what's happening. It's never like yeah. the camera cuts as a punch hits a face or anything like that. It's just they set the camera in a place where everything's going to make sense, where you can see everything. It is beautiful. Um, yeah. There's and- so many like moves defying gravity um, that mm-hmm. looks so strange to your eye. Like your eye can't quite comprehend it. And then as you're following along, you're like, wow, that was like just amazing what was happening there. There's so much like wire work, I guess. Um, a lot oh, more yeah, than the, the first movie. The wire work for sure. I'm talking more about yeah. like the camera placements and stuff like that. But, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. I mean, the, the choreography of the fight yeah, is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Neo, he does do his Superman here and heads into the sky and flies away which is pretty cool because that's how the first movie ended and everybody wanted to yep. see more of that. So they kind of bring that back pretty quick and uh, they satisfy all of us at that point by uh, letting us know that that's still a thing. He can still do that. Yeah. But then, then we see that there's two Agent Smiths. That that's confusing. doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I'm confused by that. All I know about that is it's bad news. Yes. Okay, first of all, Agent Smith is supposed to be gone and dead. Yeah. But he's back, he's unplugged, and there's two of them. Two of them. Yeah, look out. So for the first time, we see Zion. We get to see the city as the Nebuchadnezzar returns home. And Zion is obviously the home of the humans. They spoke about it in the first movie. Now we get to see it. And man, is it ever a cool underground city? Like they did a nice job on this. Yeah, I I really like it Um, because it is supposed to be, it's like, it's the last human city, but it's like very, uh, there's like a heavy population, you know, there's a large population still and like it's 250,000 or something like that in Zion. So if they just live in like this hole in the ground, it's pretty crowded down there. And I liked that. I liked seeing that even though, it's the end, and it's like the last city in the end of the world. It's super crowded in this little spot they are. It's it's cool though. They still have like full technology. Like when they're oh, yeah. when that ship's coming through the gates, like the control center looks like something off of like the USS Enterprise. You know, it's like all Yeah, but like, Tim, the control center is a computer program. Those people are wired in. That's true. That's a good point. I yeah. loved that. I loved that they have their own little systems. And it's like, it made me think like, okay, I'm a software programmer. If it was if it was the future, I wouldn't pull out a laptop and program. I would jack in to the program right. and do whatever I needed to do in there. It was It's so cool. Yeah, very cool. So they've already set up a lot of drama for us in this movie. Uh, as we know that the machines are digging towards Zion. And now they've put a face to Zion for us so we can start to feel some tension Mm -hmm. building true that's a good point because I didn't really they talked about it a lot in the first but I didn't really have any sort of connection to it so I didn't really worry that much about Zion right we learn here that Morpheus is a, a little bit of a dreamer his beliefs in Neo are not echoed by the powers that be in Zion uh, great. There's a great line with him and Captain Locke. He's defied some orders and Morpheus is just like, I didn't realize I had to follow your orders, you know, in so many words. Yes. But Captain Locke says, shit, Morpheus, not everyone believes what you believe. And then Morpheus says, my beliefs do not require them to. Love it. I love that line, Tim. I, I love that line so much. I love this idea. Again, uh, these are, I'm just going to be going over all the things I love about this and why I love this sequel. Please do. We had... 
we had this first movie where this one guy was like prophesizing to us the entire movie. And we thought this guy's the guy, this guy's the leader. This guy leads everyone. What he says goes. And then the second movie starts, they get back to Zion. No one believes what this guy believes. He's just like this religious guy who just believes he's this faith-based guy. And uh, no one else actually has those types of uh, beliefs and opinions. So I thought that was really, really cool. It's like, yeah, Neo's the one, but this is some sort of prophecy that people don't believe that like not everyone believes in just great, great touch. Yeah. He, he's just kind of like a rogue captain, just kind of like going yeah. out on his own agenda. Yes. And it's really neat. Yeah. Now there's this kid who comes to welcome them and just wants to carry all their stuff. Right now that kid is the same kid from the uh, the short animation, a kid's story from the Animatrix. So I like that they connected yep. um, that in the movies. Um, Neo says that he didn't save him. He didn't save the kid. The kid saved himself, which is cool because that is also echoed in the kid's story at the end of the animation. Yep. Remember the kid? That was a really great animation, short animation. But the kid, yeah. the kid's trying to avoid agents and at the end ends up committing suicide, which frees him from, um, frees him from like the imprisonment of the machines. And he kind of like yeah. gets woken up from that. And yeah. Neo's saying like, I had nothing to do with that. Like you did that yourself. Right. So he, he's, yeah, it's so, it's so cool that they've been tying in these animatrix, um, you know, shorts into, into the movie. Cause this is definitely I think, the second one now, because they already, yeah, the they did intel the they the had Osiris. about the Sentinels. Yeah, exactly. was from the flight of the Osiris. So it's really neat. Yeah. So, uh, I got a question for you and we, oh, can, we great. can touch on it here and maybe get to it a bit later, but I want to, I want to hear your initial thoughts. So Neil is saying that this kid freed himself. Mm -hmm. Agent Smith unplugged himself in the first matrix. Mm -hmm. He was the first one to unplug himself. Right. Yeah. When yeah. he was interrogating Morpheus. Right. So yeah. I wondered if that was the start of his decline, not necessarily the fact that Neo just like jumped into him and, and blew yeah. him up. Uh, I think yeah. Agent Smith was, could have been his own catalyst for becoming what he became. I 100% agree with that, Tim. I have never really thought that it was like, even though he says it's something to do with when Matrix or what Matrix, <laughs> something to do with when Neo jumped into him. Um, I've never really thought that because uh, because he is a computer like um, Agent Smith is a is a computer program. And so when he starts to do things that he's not supposed to, that to me is him starting to break the rules, which allows him to get to a state where he's like, I don't have to follow these rules I've been programmed by. So that's why like when he, that's why he could still be around because he's like, I'm supposed to be dead, but I choose not yeah, to because at to that be. one moment I chose to unplug yeah. my ear. Yeah. So I think I 100%, that's what I was thinking that when he did that, that was the first act of him starting to disobey, which is how he can get down that path of not being a part of the system. Right. So Morpheus gives a most powerful and uplifting speech to the people of Zion. And dude, I'm ready to start fighting the machines right alongside him. Just of course. point me in the direction of a sentinel. That thing's going down. Of course. We are still here. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Zion is so fucking pumped up from his speech. They just <laughs> oh break out into a rave. An uncontrollable rave breaks out. That's how powerful some sick this dance guy moves. Was. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so far, Neo and Trinity, 
they've been trying to get it on at any chance they can, and they keep getting interrupted. But they yes, finally they're so horny. They're so horny. They finally get their chance here, while everybody in Zion is raving. Uh, yeah, they get their chance, and you know, clearly the movie has been pushing this agenda of Neo and Trinity's relationship um, mm-hmm. quite a bit up to this point. So it's the first we're touching on it, but there's been several scenes of them together and and bonding yeah. and moving that um, relationship along. For sure, I was wondering like why they're so like desperate. Um, I, like maybe they can't have sex on the ship. It's like a small maybe the ship. walls. It's a small ship. Yeah, maybe the walls are really thin or something because they are just like, we are home. Let's get to it right away. So yeah. it made me think that on the ship they couldn't do anything. Oh yeah, I don't think I don't think so. Yeah. So that makes me think that they then haven't had sex yet. So yeah, I get I get the desperation. Right. A cool thing happens here where Agent Smith catches one of the guys who's jacked into the Matrix and turns that guy into another Agent Smith. So he's got this technique where he slams his hand into your chest, black goo starts going everywhere, all over, all over your person, yeah. and then you turn into an Asian Smith, and he takes his hand out. Um, what was cool, though, was that the phone rings so that this guy can eject from the Matrix, mm-hmm. and Agent Smith takes the call, and an Agent Smith ejects from the Matrix. So his consciousness, in some way, has gone into Zion, which is an idea that I really, really like in this movie. And this is something I absolutely did not see coming, but I just think it makes a lot of sense in this movie that these, these I'm actually surprised I never thought of it in the first movie. Like these humans True. can go into the computer world, the machine world. Why couldn't the machines make their way into the human world as well? So very yeah. good writing. Yeah, very good. I like it. I think this is a, a piece of the movie where people uh, get hung up on it and don't like it because how could a computer go into someone's brain and then be that person? Um, well, it's like, first of all, uh, you don't really understand a lot of things that can happen in this movie. This isn't like a just very realistic movie. Um, but I really like it because they talked about um, when when Morpheus is talking about dying in, if you die in the Matrix, you die in real life. That That's like really tough, right? You're in a computer game, your brain is. And if you die there, your brain is so convinced about it, you die. Your body dies because it thinks it's dead. Mm-hmm. So Morpheus and the crew, they head back out against Commander Locke's better judgment because they want to make contact with the Oracle. And... Neo jacks in, but before he finds the Oracle, he meets Seraph, who cool. is her bodyguard. Yeah, cool. We get some sweet uh, kung fu fighting here. Yeah, it's awesome. It's great. I've uh, I've looked into it a bit and read a bit about it um, and listened to some podcasts about it. And uh, this guy is a login screen to get to the Oracle. Nice. Yeah, well, yeah, because he says you pass the test, right? So exactly, it's like it's like he has to have the password. He has to be able to have the credentials to fight him to get on. I just thought that was a cool idea. Yeah, it is a cool. I've never heard it like stated that way, like he's a login screen. Yeah. But um, yeah. yeah, that's like that 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 is cool. That's like a programmer programmer brain's way of looking at it. Yeah, exactly. He's basically like, do you have the password? 
it's always been clear that he's like this gatekeeper. You know, you have to get past this guy to see him or like the bodyguard or whatever. But I do like login screen. Yeah. You got to enter the password and the password is I can kick your ass. Yeah. <laughs> Seraph uses a special key to open up a door to a long hallway of doors. Seraph says these doors are back doors to different programs. Ugh, I love it. It's so good, Tim. Again, because I'm... Oh, this is why I love this movie. Maybe I love this movie because I'm a programmer, but Tim, backdoors are a thing. Backdoors are if I want to write a program and I want a quick way to get past things, I can set something up so that I can just enter something quickly and get into a part of the program yes. I want. That's a backdoor. And we actually literally are Dude, looking at the backdoor back of your it's house amazing. is where you sneak in late and your parents don't see you because you're sneaking in the back door. It's universal. It's of a course. back door. I love it's it. It's a back door. It rules. This movie rules. I also love that when Neo goes through the door, he disappears from the view of Morpheus and the crew who are monitoring his code. His code disappears too. They don't even know where he's gone. Of course. It's that makes awesome. sense. There's so that many makes sense. super tight ideas yes. in this movie. I feel like everything works. Everything yeah. fits. If you question something, it's because you probably haven't analyzed it enough and thought about its connection to the movie. This is a super tight, super tight script. Yeah, honestly, I do understand like if people don't like this because it's like there's a lot there and there's a lot to to take and and digest. But like if you really dig into it, like you said, um, they've the the deeper you get, the more it makes sense and the more impressed Correct. you are with what is. Yeah, here. I don't I'm not trying to alienate anybody. Yeah. I can definitely understand why people might not like this movie. I mean, this is a hardcore yeah. sci fi kung fu movie right this is definitely not yeah. for everybody but um you know if if you don't no. like it that's fine but i mean you can try to argue that it's not well done but i that's where i would disagree like i don't if it's just not your taste i i agree but if you think that the movie's got some major problems for some reason like that's where i tend to kind of disagree i think i think this movie was extremely well made and i don't see a lot of holes with it but if you're uh, if you're one of the people who don't like it, drop us a line. Let us know. It's fine. Yeah, we'll chat with you about it. Drop us a line. We're no longer friends. Dean will, but yeah, Dean will for sure no longer be your friend. He'll abandon you. But we'll uh, we'll we'll yes. talk it through. Yes. So Neo speaks to the Oracle, and we learn that the Oracle is a program. We didn't really know that before. We do. Learn, yes, we, we learn a learn lot a here. Lot. Yeah. Question is, how can Neo trust a program? I kind of wish they dug into that a little bit deeper, you know, but, but it's fine. It's fine. I think there's like, I think there's a lot of stuff that happens in this movie that is uh, later when you have sort of this movie and the next movie all together as a package, it makes more sense. So um, I think the Oracle and like whether you trust the Oracle or not is sort of one of those pieces that I think falls into place a little sure. bit in the next movie. So the Oracle here tells Neo he can trust her or not. Doesn't matter. But when the time comes, he's going to have to make a choice. And it's a choice he's already made, but he's trying to understand why he made it. So this is interesting. This is the mm -hmm. complete opposite of Sarah Connor and her no fate, right? The Oracle is preaching mm. that our fate yeah. is already made. We've already made our choices. We just need to understand why we made them. Yeah. So we just having covered T2, I just, that kind of popped in my head. This is completely opposite of what, what, you know, is going on in that movie. 
Yeah, definitely. This Oracle is a really interesting program. Like, how could she know what a human who's been freed and then jacked back in is going to do? It's mm-hmm. very, it's just very interesting. The Oracle says if Neo makes the wrong choice, Zion will fall. And Neo needs to find the keymaker and then get to the source if he wants to save Zion. And I cannot help, but anytime I hear the words key and maker, all I picture is Rick Moranis. <laughs> That's all that I see. Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis. You I got it. I don't, I don't mind yeah. it at all. Yeah. Rick Moranis. He's, he's great. a treasure. Great. That guy's a treasure. He should have been a program in the Matrix. Oh, my goodness. That might have been the way so much. to make the humans accept the Matrix is if Rick Moranis was in it. That's right. all they're missing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to the architect. Throw a little Rick Moranis in there. <laughs> Tim, <laughs> oh, you're shit. spoiling. I'm trying to stay away from this commenting on this because you're going to yell at me even though you're I feel like you're trying to set me up. This is entrapment. You're trying to set me up to spoil. What I meant was the architect of um, <laughs> the uh, set, the set who, um, the, oh, shout right, out to that right. guy. Shout out to him. Who wanted Rick Moranis in the movie. <laughs> but they right. turned him, he turned it down. He turned it down. <sighs> yeah, he, he had retired from acting, so he Nice save. Yeah. Hey, nice save. Hey, Dean. <laughs> Great save, man. Great save. It's getting hot in here? Or is that... No? No, no. It's good. feels hot. (laughs) Hey, don't mind my brother over there. He's drunk. Take off, eh? I turned that movie down. It didn't make any sense to me, you hoser. How can robots and people coexist in the same habitat? I would love to watch Bob and Doug McKenzie watch The Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> That's a that'd be a great crossover. Uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie and The Matrix. Bob and Doug McKenzie at that rave with their toques <laughs> on and their beers and their donuts. Yes, I want it. <laughs> I need it. They just kind of walk in on Neo and Trinity having the sex. Yeah, and yeah. Just kind of walk out. Oh, hey, oh, wrong, hey, wrong room, eh? Sorry about that. <laughs> you guys want a jelly? Oh, my goodness. I'd, I'd like to spend an entire episode just uh, talking about what would happen in this scenario. I love it. See? My terrible rant got us somewhere really funny. It got us there. <laughs> now, Dean, immediately after the Oracle leaves the conversation with Neo, Agent Smith shows up. He thinks some part of Neo was copied onto him, allowing him to remain. Smith calls his buddies in, and one by one, more and more Agent Smiths come into the scene. Smiths try to take over Neo. They, they do their little hand trick in him, but it doesn't work. Neo's able to fight it off. Mm-hmm. And then we get my second favorite scene in the movie, the Burly Brawl. Yeah, dude. Dude. Neo starts off fighting seven or eight Smiths, and it just escalates yeah. from there. Yeah, this this fight rips. It's awesome. Um, I love it so much that I get a little 
upset when it gets to the computer graphic part just because I know that's what turns people off. And then people are like, oh, that fight with all the Smiths sucks. And it's like, no, actually watch the fight up until that point. It's so, so good. It's so well choreographed. Like it, it is incredible, the stuff that's going on in that fight. I think it looks awesome. Yeah. It's some of the most fun stuff. The way that Neo's going after these guys with this bar, none of this yeah. is possible unless it's CG. Yeah. I need this. The movie needs this. You need to show how powerful Neo is and Agent Smith is. And this is the only way to do it is to pit them against each other and let them just have at it. Keep in mind, again, it's a computer program. You can do stuff like this, right? So you have to show, yeah. you have to go to these lengths. And I think it took it took a little bit of time for us to get to this point in the movie. But this is the point, Dean, where I'm in the theater watching and in the middle of the scene, I get up and I go pay for my ticket again because this movie's Tim, worth double yes. pay. Yes, I remember sitting in the theater seeing this scene. Like I can still remember it. I can still remember when it was on the screen. I was like leaning forward in my chair. Like I was so, so into it and so happy with what I was seeing. Look, dude, Neo's fighting like 30 Agent Smiths and beating them. And then yeah. Smith, he raises the odds. There's like a hundred of him. And, and Neo is still winning it's so much fun yeah um, awesome he is forced to superman his way out though and i, I mm -hmm. really like the agent smith's response to that as he leaves they just all kind of like look around at each other and yeah it's like they don't really know what to do or even where to go or yeah. what to do next they kind of some of them adjust their ties and they kind of turn around and just amazing walk away like i don't even think they know what where to go or what's happening yeah i love that you stick the camera back on them it's very funny so Neo, Trinity, and Morpheus set off to find the Keymaker. And that take I just pictured Moranis again. Hey, I was too. I was trying to I was trying to work away guys, to get it into the Have you guys seen Gozer? Do you guys know what a Gozer is? What's a Gozer? I'm looking for Now you're just mixing now you're mixing the two characters, Tim. <laughs> Take off, you gozer. <laughs> uh, okay, they, they set off to find the Keymaker, and that takes them to the Merovingian. Yeah, this this is kind of the only part I don't like. I don't like this guy. You don't like the Merovingian? No, because his cause and effect thing is uh, uh, dumb. Well, here's what I like about it is that's just another view inside the Matrix. Like all these, like Morpheus has his view of things. You know, the Oracle has her view of things. This is another view on things. It's that every action has a reaction. And I don't yeah. mind it because, you know, what they get to is that this guy, he's been around for a while, right? He's kind of an old program. So maybe his programming wasn't as tight as it should have been. And that's just his, that's just who he is. That's his style, right? Yeah, I like the idea. I like the idea of the cause and effect. Um, I just don't think he has any compelling arguments at all. I don't think he's saying anything when he's trying to explain the cause and effects. So that's why I just don't really like him. Right. I wish there was like some more better proof. There was someone better to tell me why it's cause and effect. Well, okay, I'll just say one thing first is I, I, I 
don't mind him at all because he's only used in a very, very small amount of the movie. Yeah. They just throw him in there yeah. as like a different idea. Just kind of, I think it, yeah, it, it yeah, builds yeah, the sure. world a little bit. So I like him. I like yeah. that we go there. Um, I don't need him. You could do the movie without him, but I like that they right. threw that yeah. in there. And it works really well because he's all about cause and effect. And he's right in this case because he cheats on his wife, Persephone, and then she gives the Keymaster up to Neo and Trinity and Morpheus. Yeah. So he falls victim to the the one thing that he believes, cause and effect. Totally. So I, I like yeah. that yeah. he presented that argument and then he was beaten by his own argument in a way. Yeah, that part's that part's really good. Yeah, I, I I think actually the cause and effect I like, it's when he says there's no free will and he's trying to explain that there's no free will using his cause and effect argument. I think that's what sort of falls apart for me. But I, you're right. I do like the cause and effect because that's what ends up beating him. And obviously he's yeah. not going to have like the tightest of arguments. He's just, that's just the way he's been right. programmed. He's an idiot. That's the way he's been. He's a program, yeah. right? He doesn't know any better. Yeah. He's an old version. That's all he's got. Yes, he's an old man. Just an old man. He's run down code. He's run down oh, code. He, yeah. His code is probably full of unnecessary hashtags and commas and delimiters. Is that anything? Oh, totally. Does Tim. That, did that did that mean something? Not really. Um, but the uh, the garbage collector would clean him up. There. That's for uh, all you programmers <laughs> okay. out there. Good. Nice. Okay. Uh, Persephone who's giving up the key maker here. She also uses a special key to get them through a back door. That's cool. I, yeah. I, I, I like people who have special keys. They seem pretty powerful. I, I, I kind of feel like yes. I want to be in the special key club. Definitely, Tim. I want to get one uh, of that is the club to be in. It's very clear once we get midway through this movie that uh, special keys are very powerful and very cool. Yeah, Definitely. Uh, we meet uh, two vampires from a pre- previous version of the Matrix. Great. That is Great. so cool. I, Great. Dude, I love the idea that rogue programs from previous versions are monsters. And like yes. mythology, characters like that. Because these are the characters, you know, in, in our lives who we hear stories about, which are told yeah. they're not real. So for them to make them, you know, in a way real in this movie, I thought it was really smart. Totally. It's a program doing what it's not supposed to. It's awesome. There's yeah. like, and so like this Merovingian has like werewolves. He's got like ghosts. He's got yeah. uh, vampires. It's so cool. I love yeah, it. it's so cool. Yeah. You okay? Yeah, I'm getting jacked. I'm just really excited. I really like this movie, man. Oh, me too, man. Do you, do yeah. you just, do you want to take a break and you can just talk about it? I'll just give you the floor um, to go at, go at something if you want. No, I need direction. Or you need direction. I need direction, Tim. Have yeah, we not hit on something you want to touch on? No, no, no. We're 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 touching we're touching on it all. We're hitting on it all. Oh, oh, Tim, we did miss something. What? We missed this conversation. It was just so long ago. You're gonna regret giving me the floor. No, no, um, it's fine. It's you're you're con- so into this. This conversation between like the. Uh, What's this? Uh, this old man of Zion, this uh, president of Zion or governor of Zion, whatever yeah. he is. They're checking out like that, checking out the engines or the garbage, uh, garbage refinery or something. Yeah, the 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 water recycler. They're checking out all the machines and they're talking about control because this movie has a lot to do with control and what that means. And um, they have this interesting conversation that like control is power. 
Neo saying like, we have control over these machines because we can turn them off whenever we want. And that man's like, well, if we turn them off, we have no water, we have no electricity, we have no food, so we actually would probably die. So we are reliant on them. We aren't, they maybe control us because we can't turn them off. We can't afford to turn them off. So even though, like, even though we have the power to, doesn't mean we have control. And I just thought it was this really interesting, like, discussion of whether you can coexist with machines or not and what the control is between the two. Um, I don't really know what the conclusion of that that talk is, but I just wanted to point out that it was uh, really cool. That Well, you're right about that. It is really cool. I think what that conversation is all about is paralleling the relationship of the machines and the humans from the machine's point of view. It's, yeah. it's the exact same thing. It's like they, On, they, can, you know yeah. they, they could decide to turn the humans off but then they don't get to do all the stuff that they want to do. It's the exact same thing. Exactly. It it yeah. shows from the it shows from the human's point of view that this symbiotic relationship is necessary and yeah. you know, we're led to believe that the machines are terrible and you know, murderous yeah. machines. Yeah. But it, it, again, it's this symbiotic relationship where uh you know, they both need each other. Yeah. They both need each other to live and when there's a war then it, one of them is going to be the villain, right? Like if you can, if you can live together, then you can both coexist. But as soon as there's some a power struggle, as soon as there's a power struggle, that's when there's a war, and that's when you start to try to get the upper hand and make the others like your slaves. Yeah, and if you get rid of the other one, be prepared yeah. to be living like a less than you know ideal yeah. existence because you're losing a major yeah. part of what's already ingrained in your. Uh, like your world and in your society. Cool. So they release the keymaker from his cell at the Merovingian's lair, but they have to fight their way out now. And this starts off an epic string of action sequences that goes on, dude, for a good 20 or 25 minutes of runtime. It rules. Neo has, uh, he's got this great battle inside the house tons of cool weapons yeah i love how this one looks yeah it looks looks really good lots of wire work uh and, yeah. and i really like in this fight scene that neo bleeds he bleeds a little bit yes so i wanted to ask you about this yes i think that he bleeds because it's his like focus or concentration breaking just a bit Okay, I think he hasn't fully accepted that he's the one yet. Oh, okay, okay. I think he's still on the journey of the one. Yeah, okay. Uh, but I'm not against what you're saying. I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I. if he can do things like stop bullets, fly, like he is totally, his, his mind for me is totally like aware of what's going on a computer program, can completely control everything that he needs to do. So why would he ever bleed? So for me, it's, it was just that his like concentration broke a bit. So that's why he kind of says the Merovingian says, see, he's still human. He can still make mistakes. So because there was so much stuff going on, he couldn't quite stop that one blade exactly how he wanted. So he got cut a bit. So that's well, that was my sort of take on it. Yeah. For me, I think he is still human there. He He's not the one yet. <clears throat> yeah. He hasn't done the necessary requirements to become the one. Right. I mean, okay. I without, yeah. without spoilers, I mean, what does the one mean? Like the one, the one is from what they've told us already is the one who's going to bring balance to the force, right? 
True, that's true, Tim. Yeah, he is the one who's going to bring balance to the force. Um, yes, but, yes. But but when does that happen? Like, does it happen? Yeah. Did it happen last movie? Does it happen this yeah. movie? Does it happen next movie? Like, it's all, you could argue when it all happens. But uh, for me, I don't think he's the one yet. I think the one well, comes from a, a, a certain act that he, he makes that hasn't, yeah, that hasn't arrived yet. Yeah, you're definitely right that um, he has shown qualities of being the one, but he hasn't done the thing yet. Well, yeah, yeah, and this he is, hasn't fulfilled the prophecy exactly. And this is something we talked about in our yeah. in our first Matrix um, when he goes to see the Oracle, and the Oracle tells him, "Like, sorry, you're not you're not the one." And and I've read online people are like, "Oh, why did the Oracle lie to Neo?" Um, I like to look at it that she told him the truth at that moment he was not the one she said i'm sorry yeah. you're not the one because he wasn't yet but that's what he needed to hear to continue on the path of the one and one day he might become the one yeah she also says you're waiting for something maybe your next life and he dies and then comes like he dies and then gets up as the one so yeah. she's not lying to him all that was true mm -hmm. now Neo, he wins this battle at the house, but he is now trapped far away in the mountains because the Merovingian like uses one of these special keys and opens up a door and and makes it that he's now in the mountains and they're stuck. Yeah, Neo doesn't have a key. Neo's not in the key club. He's got no keys. Yeah. Morpheus and Trinity, who are now very, very far away, are after the keymaker, who's now being chased by the twins who are pretty cool. I like them. Ghost twins. The car chase scene that happens here is probably the most impressive sequence in this movie. Uh, yes, for sure. It's, it's very well documented that they built a stretch of highway um, mm -hmm. just to film this part of the movie. It's great filmmaking. You can clearly see everything that's happening there's no obstruction to your view. Things aren't moving too fast. It's just very, very well done for a car chase scene. And I like that and appreciate it. As someone who has trouble with car chase scenes, I kind of tune out. I very quickly just lose interest in car chase scenes. I didn't really lose a lot of focus in this scene because it was done so well. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I, I kind of like that too. I mean, I, I, I do really have to pay attention to um car chase scenes i do find when i pay attention to them they are usually impressive but sometimes i'm like you like when i'm watching a bond movie and we're in a car chase i kind of just start to check out about following it i'm just like oh, okay i won't be able to follow this um this scene do not check out of it it is so extremely impressive um it is it, for me it's the the best part of them like the the best action scene in the movie. Um, it is. It goes on for so long. There's so many different things that are happening. And I'm just like, how are they doing all this? Like, all this is amazing. Even just Trinity on a bike going the opposite way in traffic. This looks amazing. She is flying down the street in like oncoming traffic. It looks so good. Um, and I like that this part of the movie that is so good and so impressive doesn't have Neo in it. Like, it is just morpheus and trinity getting to shine like they are badasses who kick ass 
And I like that they get to prove that. They get to show that, like, we started out with them sort of being the experts in the Matrix. Now it's Neo. But I like that we bring it back and it's like, yeah, they can hold their own in this. Yeah, it is really good scene for the for the two of them. They're fighting inside of cars. They fight yeah. outside of cars. They fight on top of cars. Um, they're moving into other people's cars and fighting. Uh, cars are flipping. Cars are rolling and smashing. Yeah. Agents get in the chase. They're 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 chasing yes. people. Agents are jumping on top of cars and smashing. Oh. How cool did that look? By the way, fucking rules. And then when cars like when cars crash in the background and tumble, I was thinking Mad Max. Tim, I was like, this is amazing. These stunts, like these cars are just flying everywhere. It was it was great. It was great. I like I like why the agents are there. The agents are actually after the keymaker. The agents want him. Yeah. Everyone because wants he's him. one of like the, I want him he, exactly. He's one of the exiled. Did you programs. see how many keys? How about when they find Dude. him at the Merovingian's house Dude. and he's in a tiny little room, like a closet, and there's just Dude. keys everywhere. There's he's so made many keys. One million keys, and they're all over his at wall. Least. And he's sitting at a key making machine. That's cool. I'd making like to see one. more about that. Yeah, he's that sitting guy. at a key making machine, making one. He's just finishing up on the uh, key he needs to make. That's right true. Before I wonder if that's the saved. key to open up it the is, door yeah. to the yeah. source. The door made of light. Yeah. Wow. Um, this whole Spoilers. scene. <laughs> This has got to be a. I mean, these are barely spoilers. Yeah. There, we we did our best. We did our best. Uh, I always do my best, Tim, and you, you yell at me. No, you don't. You often don't even try. It all. This all comes down um, to uh, Morpheus and the Keymaker, about to be killed by an agent, on mm. top of a semi, when Neo comes out of nowhere and saves them from a giant semi wreck and explosion. Yeah. And when this whole sequence is said and done, I would love to know what the total price tag on this scene ended up being. Yeah, definitely. I could just see the treasurer of the movie getting that bill and just being like, what? Yes. But then seeing the footage and being like, oh, yes, worth (laughs) worth every penny. Everything is in. Everything is so fast, you know, all of all of the action is being shot as they are flying down the highway. Like that is, again, why I thought of Mad Max. It's just like this is happening. They are just driving and filming all this stuff. And it's just, yeah, it's really, really impressive. And I love this scene. This is my favorite, uh, my favorite action scene in a movie with with in a movie where I think there's like four cutting edge action action scenes that are like four of my favorite. Neo goes through the door to the source. And this is what we've all been waiting for. This is my favorite scene in the movie. Oh, I love it. I spoiled it earlier. We get to meet the architect. I love it, Tim. I love that you love this scene. This scene is awesome. This is another one. This is two movies in the making (sighs) just to get to this scene. Yes. This might be the best scene of the franchise. I don't even know what to do with this scene. I don't even know yeah. how our discussion is yeah. going to go. I don't even know how to do this justice. I will let you know. Great. I have the entire conversation printed out beside me just in case we need to reference anything. 
Yeah. Okay. I can't wait to get into it because I got lots of thoughts about the scene, but I, lo I love that you love it. Um, I love it too. I think this is another scene that like hangs people up. I think a lot of things I love about this movie are what people hate about them. Um, I think the MTV Movie Award parody with Will Ferrell turning around and in, in, as the architect really hurt this scene mm, for people. Yeah. Um, but uh, he's hilarious in it. He crushes it. But um, I think it kind of hurts the scene where people can't now get through it without giggling and thinking of him. Okay. I mean, um, but uh, get yeah. out of get out of here with all that. Like if if you're gonna yeah. joke about this scene, then you didn't really like this movie in the first place, right? This is uh, this sure. is an for easy sure. target yeah. to make fun of it if you're not interested in it. But if you're interested in this movie, I mean, this is it. Yes. This is this is some of the most important stuff you're ever going to hear about the Matrix. Like this is yes, this is raw information. I, I love yeah. this. This is it. Tim. What do this, you want to do? Uh, my here? favorite. What do you want to do? So I, I'll just okay. stop you for a second. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Okay. I can give like a brief summary of the discussion, and then we can talk about like some of our thoughts uh, about the scene. Okay. Or yeah. do you we have can, points we can to just... talk about? What's that? Do you have points to talk about with the scene? I mean, in my brain, I do. Okay. Yeah, you lead it. Lead or, us off. Or we can just start talking about stuff. No, lead us off. Okay. We'll start then with just a, a synopsis of what is explained by the architect in this scene. Yeah. So Neo is an anomaly in the Matrix that the architect who built the Matrix can't solve for. Neo yeah. is, these are all shocker moments too. Neo is the sixth version of the one. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows this information because their path has always led to the architect and this exact same moment. And the previous five have all made the same choice, which was to return their code to the source and reboot the matrix, thus destroying Zion, but allowing Neo number six to choose 23 people to survive and rebuild it. And th this is the way. This is the this way. This is the way. Neo can choose from two doors. One door leads to the source, where that would all happen. The other door leads back to the Matrix. The previous five versions have all chosen to preserve humanity and returned to the source, thus destroying Zion, but keeping humanity alive. Yeah. And we all know that Neo takes the other door back to the matrix and back to Trinity. Yeah. So with that being said, Dean, let me, uh, okay. let me have some of your thoughts on this scene. Okay. Um, I have so many, so it's just like the, uh, a problem of gathering them all together. Um, okay. So I love when he's explaining that there's been, there were different versions of the matrix before they even got to this one, that he made it a perfect utopia and people couldn't handle it. Their brains couldn't understand it and they wouldn't accept it because that doesn't make any sense. They knew they were in a computer program, so it was no good. Then he made like a really, I think he said he made like a really scary one. And that's, that's probably where, the monsters where come like, in. That's where the monsters have come from. That's what, that they're still hanging around from Scary Matrix, yeah. um, and that wasn't good. So what what the, he needed to do was give people a choice to enter this matrix to to go back or like to to be in this computer program that feels like reality. Give them the choice to do it, and uh, then they would accept it, even if it wasn't even 
a real choice, but they just thought they had the choice to do it. Uh, right. Then it was the the idea of having choice as an yes. option. Yes. Yeah. And and that was not his idea. Right. Yes, that was not his idea. That was the Oracle's idea. Interesting. Um, I don't know if it was the yes. Oracle's idea. I think it was because I think the or so okay. <laughs> There's so much here. So let's go to the doors now. Neo can choose from the door that goes back and saves people, saves humanity, or he can go back to the Matrix and save Trinity, who wasn't supposed to come into the Matrix, but did. And no other Neo has chosen Trinity. Every other Neo has gone through that door to save humanity because no other Neo loves Trinity. Every other Neo just has a general love for people. And I think the Oracle pushed him towards loving Trinity. I think the Oracle has been manipulating the Neos, trying out different things, telling them different things to see if there could be different outcomes. And I think she finally got to one where he chose the door to go save the one person he loved. That's interesting. I've never considered that the Oracle was pushing him in a direction. I um, think so. Yeah. I'm I'm not so sure the Oracle is... You know how the, the architect says that he was the creator, like the father, and there was yeah. another... Um, if you had to label her, she'd be the mother. Yeah. I don't necessarily... Th- think that that's the oracle oh there, there's a, just a I'd... there's a weird blip in their conversation where he like right when the architect says hey he says that and the this other person would be known as the mother and neo mm-hmm. says the oracle mm-hmm. and the architect kind of like shrugly says please like almost in a dismissive fashion like please oh interesting it's not the oracle and then he continues on in his conversation now that could be read a few ways but one of them is that please you think the oracle is the mother that is not even true she, she's just way, another program the, yeah. we don't maybe i don't maybe we don't even know about the mother yet right so, interesting okay i like that i like that idea for sure i don't know I, i'm curious um i like where you're going with that though i like that idea that she yeah. that she is pushing them the 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 architect he does say that the five previous versions experienced love mm-hmm. in a completely different way they experienced it yeah. in a in a general love for the population thus wanting to save the whole population by making sure that humanity like continues to exist but he says, yeah, Neo is experiencing this in a completely different way. So, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I, I don't know if I don't I don't know what to do with what you said about the Oracle there, because I kind of I know what I yeah. like to think is that the Oracle has the same conversations with all of the people along the way. I really like I almost it, at this time when I watched it again, I was picturing her having the exact same conversation with previous versions and just kind of thinking how that might go and what their reaction right. might be. So not sure. I like if it she though. Is, so in my mind, it, she was the one that he was talking about who introduced choice. So to me, that was, I, I then made the jump that she was messing with that and seeing if she could make different choices out of the one and get different outcomes from it. And right. the first five iterations of Neo uh, were Spock. 
the needs of the many yeah. outweighed the needs of the few. Mm-hmm. But this last version, because he had such strong feelings for one person, couldn't go back, couldn't make that decision. It was obvious to him. I got to go back. I've made connections with these people specifically. I need to go back and save them right now. Yeah. Okay. So the architect also makes reference to an anomaly that he couldn't solve for. All right, well, let's talk yeah. about this. What's what's this whole anomaly? Like you could look at it that the anomaly is Neo. Yeah. You for could sure. look at it that the anomaly is something else. Uh, then the right. uh, the anomaly, I'll throw a couple of things yeah. at you here. The anomaly could be love. Maybe the architect doesn't know how to program for love and what to do with that. Mm-hmm. I kind of like to think the anomaly is Agent Smith. He's always been yeah. the problem because Neo is not going to destroy the Matrix, right? He's yeah. he's like the prophesized one to save Zion. But what the architect is trying to do is to preserve the Matrix. And he says, every time he creates it, there's an anomaly that ultimately will destroy it. Mm-hmm. From what we see in this movie and spoiler alert, the next one, the problem that's going to destroy the Matrix is Agent Smith. I think he is actually the anomaly that the architect is speaking of and hasn't been able to yeah. solve for. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like it because uh, it it still makes sense that if the other Neos, the other iterations of the one has gone through the door to um, reboot the Matrix, all of Zion dies, but then he gets 23 people, that then reboots the Matrix. So the agent smith even if every iteration agent smith's been going through this this thing um he is then shut down you know it's then it's then rebooted and started over again so because neo chooses not to do that now agent smith is able to run amok in the matrix and eventually destroy it so i like the the idea that agent smith is actually the the anomaly um that specific wording of it yeah i i do like that what else? What else should we talk about? Um, I think I like that. The TV um, screens? I like that. Yeah, TV screens. I like that. Ne- so we see Neo on TV screens making, doing different reactions. What do you think that is? Like, so that is the past iterations of him. I think he looks exactly the same in every iteration because they grow humans. I think they grow him again. Yeah. They grow the one again to do the thing. I'm going to disagree with you here. I th- I what? Think, I think it's okay. something different. Okay, go ahead. I think the TVs are possible reactions of Neo to what the architect mm. is telling him. And he's mm. trying to gauge like he the architect always seems very interested with Neo's um comments and reactions. You know, um he's like the very first time Neo says something, he's like, "Oh, that's very interesting. That was quicker than the previous five. I think what's happening on the screen is possible variables of what neo's react this version of neo's reaction could be based upon what's happened to him up to this point and based upon what the architect is telling him yeah you know what really helps that theory hold is that there's way more than five reactions on those screens so that's what i was trying to figure out i was like why are there more than five reactions these are past neo's that's right. I think you're right. Those are all the variables he's trying to figure. He has just them all there running all the simulations, figuring out how he could react. 
I think in the end, though, he knows what he's going to do because he, he says, we all know what you're going to do. We know the choice you're already going to make. So I wonder why. It, yeah, I guess it could have just been all the different things that happened up into his point of his life when he gets there, all the different choices that he made got him to those, that point. And if he if he didn't make those choices, those were what we could have been watching on the TV screen. Those could have been his reaction. It's all levels of control, right? The architect is yeah, going to go yeah. on. Maybe he can take this information that he's learned from this version and yeah. use it in the next matrix, you know, that, yeah. that, that gets built. But so do you not think that then the other versions of the one look like, like Neo? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, if I had to choose, oh, I'd say I don't think they'd look like him. No. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. All right. Well, what else? Let's, what else? Let, what else? Are, <laughs> what else? What else? What else on? about this scene? What else about this scene, Tim? I mean, I, I could probably talk for a while about it. Uh, I like. I, I just, this is a very quick thing. I like the parallel between the beginning, the red pill and the blue pill, and then the left door and the right door. Yeah. And the Neo that we know chose not to ignore. He chose to um, go against. You know, to to learn more and, and and open up his mind and as soon as he got that choice again go through the red door and forget or go, go the red door <laughs> go through the right door and forget everything forget that this happened and just we'll start over or go like go back to the matrix and you know open up keep your mind open keep awake um save your friends i like that you had the same choice and the guy we know did the same thing yeah i will say i really like and appreciate the honesty of the machines they, oh, yeah, the, totally. the architect yeah. is just laying it out for you here. Dude, I had yeah. no fucking idea what this guy, this architect was talking about the first time I saw it. I was oh, so yeah, blown sure. away. I didn't understand the words he was saying. He could have been speaking mm -mm. French. But what he's doing is being 100% honest about everything yeah. that's gone down, everything that's happened. Um, and I appreciate that a machine would just be honest about it. They're not trying yeah. to lie. You know, it reminded me a lot of David from uh, Prometheus and Covenant, where he, if you ask totally. him a question, he will tell you yeah. the truth. He may murder you seconds later, but you will get right. a, a truthful answer from him. And that's what the architect yeah. is doing. Cool. Loved it. Love this scene. Glad you love it. Best scene in the movie. Yeah. So Neo blasts and i mean blasts out of the source mm. and he heads towards trinity at a completely unreasonable speed like he is very unreasonable yeah by the time he gets to her he's definitely at like warp some sort of warp speed something really yeah. really fast and he's able to catch her before she hits the car great great he reaches into her body because she has been shot so that part of it was mm -hmm. true. Everything that happened. All that stuff happened. Everything yeah. happened except her hitting the car. He caught her before she hits. So yeah. he reaches into her body. He pulls out the bullet. Then he reaches into her heart and squeezes it to restart it. Morpheus is now at a complete loss because his belief was that once Neo got to the source, yeah. the war would immediately end. And yeah. that didn't come true. And poor Morpheus, dude, like Man. basically has to believe, like basically has to rethink all his beliefs. Um, well, it's like, it's like, dude, you were right. You were right to believe in the prophecy. 
but the prophecy was fed to you by the machines. Like that is so that's painful. A tough, that's a tough pill to that's swallow. A, that's a tough pill to swallow. Uh, they don't know what to do now. Um, they're on. They're on uh, the Nebuchadnezzar. The uh, proximity sensors are going off. Sentinels are detected, and the sentinels are about to launch a bomb at the Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, the crew is able to evacuate in time, but the ship is destroyed. And I feel so bad for Morpheus here because not only is his belief system crushed, but his ship is now destroyed. It's so sad. We know from talking about about Star Trek, like the ship is a member of your crew. It's probably the most important member of your crew. Yeah. It is not just metal. You know, it's like, it's, it's got a personality. It's got a soul. And this guy loses, yeah. it's probably his best friend. It's like the, the thing that allows him to do what he's doing and it's gone. So not only is his belief system gone, but his ability to do anything about it is also gone. Yeah, I don't really remember him in the next movie, and that makes sense because this is his end, I think. This is his character's end. He might redeem himself in the like not redeem himself, but he might like have something in the in this in the next movie that I just can't quite remember. But he's dead here. He's done. Like his his whole belief is gone. His it was a lie. His ship when he's staring at that ship exploding and he says whatever that line is, like, I feel so bad for him. He says, like, I I dreamed a dream and now that dream is gone yeah. for me. It's just, it's so, it's so painful. painful. Yeah. Yeah. More sentinels close in to kill the fleshy people. But at the last minute, Neo is able to feel them and he reaches out and destroys five sentinels. Yeah, with his mind. Oh, this was so good. This is what we all it's needed. It's awesome. It's what we needed. Yeah, it's awesome because it creates just a, like a huge mystery now at the end here because it's like, how the hell did he do that? Yeah, he tapped into Wi-Fi. He did. It's exactly what he did. Yeah. He tapped into He's Wi-Fi. He's using Wi-Fi to destroy them. <laughs> He's, yeah. He, okay, so he, hit the, he gets to the source and he's able to yeah. come back from that and detect the Sentinels because right. he was at the source. And yeah, yeah, I joke, but I do believe that, yes, he can sense them through like a... An, another signal because those sentinels they're not wired in right like they're being they're being fed programming and orders from like the source or a main a main computer frame via wi-fi so it makes sense that neo is able to tap into that and manipulate it it makes sense that he senses them i don't quite understand how he shuts them down that part i don't really get yet I, I again i want to revisit the next movie again and i think I might, it might be a little more clear but i don't actually have a take yet on why he's able to just shut them down because he's the one well i tim i know he's the one i know that okay uh he, tim, he... did you know if you rearrange the letters of one it's neo oh really i didn't know i didn't know yeah. that no, i didn't know that yeah. nobody knows that one that's uh that's a that's a great one. It's a great one. It's a great Neo. Did you know if you rearrange the letters in Morpheus, it spells Pomcio? Whoa. And yeah. And that's really that close means to an actual word. So it means something. <laughs> 
Neil collapses, though, after his amazing feat of destruction. Yeah. Luckily, another ship shows up. It's the hammer. And the crew are all taken aboard. And we end with Neo lying unconscious on a bed. We see the captain of the hammer explaining that there was a case of sabotage that happened at another battle. And Mm. they found a single survivor when there shouldn't have been any survivors. And then we see lying unconscious beside Neo is Bane. A.K.A. the human Agent Smith. And the end. Credits roll. And then, Tim, if you sit through the credits, a trailer for the next movie rolls. Which came out six months later. Yeah, amazing. These movies came out in the same year. Well, yeah, that was necessary because they took so long to make the second one. Yeah, but it's just like, that's awesome. That has not happened. Even like Back to the Future that filmed at the same time, they still have different year release dates, but Reloaded and Revolutions have the same year release date. That's just such a cool fact. That is cool. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, awesome movie. We obviously love it. Uh, it. We're going to probably get to number three, you know, probably sooner than it took us to get to number two. I hope so. I can't wait seven years for this thing. I need resolution. I I need to get the. I need to. I need to see what happens. Listen, everybody, listeners. Thanks. Thanks for joining. If you'd like to support our podcast, please visit buymeacoffee.com/talkingback. Thank you to our supporters. Thank you you so much. We really appreciate you, Dean. Thank you for joining. You're welcome, Tim. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. That's it for another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod, or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done.